Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Book Geeks Uncompromised, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. In this week, I'd like to recommend the second book in the Books of Babel series, The Arm of the Sphinx. We've reviewed the first book on right. this on the podcast before, and it's one of my all-time favorites. It was my favorite book from last year. <laughs> the second book I read with its Orbit release uh, last month, and it, it was just as good. It was go. just as good. So No one if, is shocked. Nobody is shocked that I'm recommending it. <laughs> so if you haven't read Sinlin Sense, read Sinlin Sense first, and then read Arm of the Sphinx. Listen to Sinlin Sense first. Or then, listen to Sinlin Very go. good. Yeah. Very good. You caught me. <laughs> Uh, it's absolutely worth it. I can almost guarantee that you'll love it. Even my nonfiction reading husband enjoyed the enjoyed the first book. That's a stamp of approval right there. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Uh, so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc for your free audiobook. Welcome to Book Geeks Uncompromised. The entire series. I don't know what it was about this book. I just, I loved it so much. How do I know more about it than you do? And it's your number I'm one book. I'm bad with names, okay? Spoilers, <laughs> guys. And we are ready for some reading. When in doubt, be lame. Everyone buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Book Geeks Uncompromised, where we make reading less solitary. This is our 69th episode, where we will be reviewing The Gray Sister by Mark Lawrence. Good last name. Spells a little wrong, though. He, he does spell it wrong. You're going to have to contact him about that. Yeah, we're going to have to talk. He's going to have to come on the show, and we're going to have to discuss that, and just make sure, because, I mean, he spells it L-A-W, but L-A-R is just so much better. You're right. It is. Although I don't have a dog in this fight anymore. No, not, that's anymore. not my life <laughs> it anymore. Used to be, yeah. <laughs> it used to be, though. You're an honorary. I don't think it works like that. It, I don't think it is either, <laughs> Nonetheless. Oh, so books. Books. Uh, yeah, so like we books. read Grey Sister this week. We did. And I read, and you have almost finished, a Jade, Sist- or Jade Sister, Jade City. <laughs> I keep doing the, you've that. You've done it a couple of times. I've done it like Jade. every time. It's the color and then the sis starting word. <laughs> and it's awful. It's just all together. I, I planned that poorly. Yeah, that didn't work out No, so well. Jade City there by Fonda Lee came out late last year. Interesting, interesting read. It is very unique. Yes, 100%. Very unique. I think we're going to be reviewing that uh, with some friends later on, so I'm going to withhold a lot of my comments on it, but sure. I really enjoyed it. I can say it kind of reminded me of Back to the Demon Cycle with the second, the second book in the Demon Cycle where it took on a fantasy in a different kind of culture. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a... It's not like the creation culture no. at all. I mean, it, no, 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 it, no. It's very different. It's it's different in the way, and what I, what I, what I mean is fantasy in a different culture, and I thought that was pretty it's cool. It's almost an urban fantasy, yeah. but not really. Right. That's right. just kind of the closest thing I can it is. really it's, call it, but it's, it's not really an urban it's different. fantasy. It's different. It's different. Yeah. We'll be tackling that later. Absolutely. Uh, did you have anything else going on book wise? No, you were distracted by video hey, games. All hey, you, you had, know like, what? all the days off, and all you did was play video hey, games. Hey. Sea of Thieves is out. Oh, I know. We've been playing that a lot. I know. <laughs> Maybe we can make somehow make Sea of Thieves into a book podcast. How can we do that? <laughs> mm. I mean, do, there are pirate books you out do there. Do read maps. 
Uh, so some of the maps in the game are words. But they're not books. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does. This is a reading <laughs> podcast. I have never once said book podcast. Except no. for book geeks uncompromised, <laughs> not reading geeks uncompromised. <laughs> New name. Changing it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to so Greg can be right for once. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. In 69 episodes, I've never once said uh, uh, this is a book podcast at all. No. No one could go back into the archives and, and find it. You should go back in the archives and download every episode. Try to find any time I've said the book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should and just compile a list of it just over and exactly. over again yep. you can you should also go into our video game podcast and find it there because we've probably oh, yeah. said book podcast oh, more have. there than we have on we've here. said on our book podcast so yeah <laughs> and then it usually goes with jordan and charlie going oh <laughs> all right what do you say we get this party started though let's do it uh, so our first news story this week which I had to actually track this down a little bit. Like I couldn't, like all the inter- information wasn't quite there, I guess. Are we? I think the uh, the ranter here had deleted his tweets. Are we? Maybe, I don't know. Are we investigative reporters now? We are investigative reporters. Mostly oh I said on Twitter and read a whole bunch. That works. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it's investigating. No, so the news story this week, and I have titled it, Hashtag Missandrian Publishing. So that's <laughs> the hashtag that was used by this guy. That'll work. Uh, this author, David Kearns, Posted like some 30 odd, not even threaded, but just 30 post tweet or Twitter rant about his perceived misandry in publishing. So the story starts out, I guess, an agent that he's, he's not working with this agent, but I guess he's maybe been in contact with them at some point or he's following her on Twitter. She retweeted something that basically said men are unable or incapable of writing good female characters. Uh, David Kearns commented asking for clarification as his work in progress showcases a female main character. And he said she responded with something, something cryptic. I have no idea what the original post was. Right. Um, I couldn't find anything. So this is all what he says. It's probably deleted. It, I don't know if it was deleted or, I mean, I have no idea what agent it was. So I mm-hmm. can't look on their Twitter to see what they said. Right. So I, that's all his words. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I, I don't know where that all came from. Yeah. So, there, it gets to be a lot more, but I just want to kind of tackle that first statement. <laughs> uh, male authors can't write female characters. For this part of yeah. the argument, I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah. I think that there are plenty of male authors that are capable of writing female oh, characters. 100%. Just as there are white people that are capable of writing good people of color characters. Right. It all comes down to the quality of your writing and empathy with um, that minority. Yeah, I mean, is that it, how you portray them? That's not saying they're that all male authors are good at writing female uh, right. characters. There are ones that can't. Uh, like we love Andy Weir, but we both agreed in our podcast on that 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 the main character there was not written well. Yeah, Jazz Bashar, the main character of Artemis, his yeah. last book came mm-hmm. out. I, she just wasn't a very well written female character. Yeah. But on the other hand, you've got like the book we're reading this week, uh, Grey Sister, yeah. and it's the first book in the series, it's Red Sister. Women. It's written by a man and. 95% of the cast are female. <laughs> Badass And females. it's an excellent series. Right. I, mean, I guess spoiler for how our review is going to go. <laughs> but it's an excellent series. And the, the characters are very well developed and they're, yeah. you know, deep characters and yeah. well drawn so out. The, so, so, yeah, the, the blanket statement that male authors cannot write female characters is not completely true. Uh, it's it's different for everybody. It's not just males, like you said, not just males writing females or females writing males. It's it depends on the author. I would say, I mean, because if you say a male character can only write female or can only write male characters, that's gonna be a bland book. Oh, it's gonna be a very bland book. 
I think it just all comes down to the quality of your writing and ensuring that as you're writing characters from a different perspective than what you have, right. you're just taking care to uh, not egg, walk on eggshells, but ju- just watch out for the pitfalls of the stereotyping those minorities or right. um, characterizing them in a stereotypical light right? or right. a negative light. Yeah, just doing your best to, to your abilities. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think people are very much capable of that. Oh yeah, but he didn't stop there. It, he could have stopped. He could have been fine. And we would have been from there. He went on. Uh, I think his next tweet was something about oh well Shakespeare did it, but obviously he sucked at it because he was a man. Like and it's okay, dude, <laughs> you're getting a little over the top. But then it went way into we readers or we writers were the creators. The agents would have nothing without us. Um. It's like. Dude, that goes both ways. Both ways there. <laughs> you, you well, be, yeah. Yeah, and his whole point was, well, we do all the creating that they don't know how to do. It's like, no. <laughs> not it's, necessarily. I, I would argue that it's more of a partnership. Yeah. So you're kind, it's yeah. kind of equal. One without the other doesn't really work very well. Yeah. Or there are self-published authors. Yeah, there are self-published authors that do very well, but it is exponentially harder different. to yeah. succeed as a self-published author versus right. using an agent and right, editor right. and traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't have any, I have tons of respect for authors that oh, go that way. Yeah. yeah, they go self-publishing. That's hard work. Exactly. Um, and still more, he continued. He, we, we dive deeper. Uh, he said this hashtag misandry in publishing is hurting book sales and hurting society in the form of want. Ugh. Want for decent books untarnished with nakedly stilted political agendas. I'm sorry. If you don't want to read about any form of political agenda, <laughs> just don't read. Because <laughs> a po- political idealism, what your, your beliefs are, that's just seeped into who you are. So it's going to come out in whoever's writing. Right. In some way, it may be very subtle. It may be very blatant. It's going to come out. So if you just don't want political agendas in writing <laughs> just don't read yeah i that's, mean yeah you every book's got a little bit of something yeah uh and then he, it goes on oh, schools are having trouble maintaining the interest of young men now in academic pursuits because literature in general is geared toward girls since fucking when <laughs> yeah i can agree i can agree with you on that since I just, when i i can't even mm. with that one like no, I can't count how many of the old tales are about a super strong male hero saving the damsel in distress. Yeah, well, and I like there was a response from a bookstore that for I think it's Women's Month or something like that. Mm-hmm. They um, for the I guess, think for the entire month or for half of the month they go through their entire store. And if it's a male author that's written the book, they turn it backwards, switch the pages out just to show the difference in how uh, many male authors there are versus how many female authors wow. there are. And this is a bookstore that takes care to try to um, keep in stock women authors and people of color authors, obviously as well as male authors. Yeah, They're not, not excluding, not excluding anybody, yeah. but they try to make a point of having female and people of color authors. Yeah. Um, and it's still like only 30%, 36% of their stock is female authors. Hmm. So, misandrian publishing really <laughs> when you have two-thirds of the industry yeah so yeah okay all right yeah oh we're hurting the boys okay. and we go further and 
we go further? And, and this this is where I stopped. Um, hashtag misandrian publishing. When half of society thinks reading is a foreign activity, long passages and contracts, mortgages, and so on become difficult. Half of the country unable to read a promissory note or understand what an adjust rate mortgage was resulted in financial collapse. So we have it from him. Women and girls reading is what led to the to the uh, recession of 2008. I think, I think more... <laughs> That's what led to it. More, more of the fact, I think, is what he's trying to say through his obviously uh, rage and news tweets um, is that he's blaming, he says that the book culture is aimed towards uh, women and so then boys aren't as interested. So then reading goes down because not as many boys are reading. Yeah. So then the collapse happened. I don't I mean, yeah. I wouldn't disagree with the statement that people need to read contracts that they sign. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, when we signed our mortgage and I did read through every page, the people that were doing the loan were surprised because I was actually taking the time to read it. (laughs) And it shouldn't be a surprise. Like especially with the mortgage, you're signing away 30 years of your life. Yeah. You should absolutely be taking care to what you're agreeing to. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people don't. But I'm not gonna say that that's women reading. It's no, where that comes it's, from. It's not. It's not the the focus towards uh, female writers or that kind of gender that that's causing that. That's just a whole different issue in general. This is, these are two points do, that do not correlate. Yeah. It sounds like somebody was just on an angry tyrant and was just typing away because they were pissed off. Um, what I do find funny is I think we were talking about this before the podcast. Uh, his last book was published back in 2005. Yeah. So 13 years. Why? Like, I'm sorry if I don't know if he's actively working on anything, but it doesn't sound like you're all that relevant. Why are you getting pissy? And yeah, and that's kind of how a lot of people were taking it was he's a shitty author. Yeah. So like he doesn't have good quality books. So nobody's signing him on. So now he wants to rage that misandry is why he's not getting published. Right. Yeah. It's not it's not because you can't write. It's not because I know what it is. He can't write female characters, mm. so he's lashing out. That's probably exactly yeah. what it is. That is 100% probably exactly That's probably what it, it. is. <laughs> One Twitter user did make a good point. I felt she said uh, this was E. Latimer writes or at E. Latimer writes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and publishing is a good reminder for us white women how we feel about these men trying to write from our point of view and then failing to listen to us. Pretty sure that's what makes... That's what lots of us make people of color feel like. And that's exactly what I'm, what I'm saying. Like whether you're a male author writing, uh, women, whether you're a female author writing men or whether you're a white person writing people of color, the whole point is taking care that you are in that mindset and you're taking care to write accurately or respectfully. Yeah. This this is blown way out of proportion. Just, he should have stopped while he was ahead. Well, well I would, I wish he'd have shown the tweet too, that he got right. all upset about. Right. I want to know exactly what was said. Right. And it's, it's just, it, it could be a fact of the matter is that he is not recognizable right now. He's not famous. His books aren't doing well. So maybe it's, maybe it's a ploy for that. Maybe it's a PR, bad PR is good PR, you know, that maybe. kind of thing. It might it, be. It won't work. But <laughs> you never know. You never, you never know. know. There have been weirder things that have happened. <laughs> okay, we got to move on because oh, I yeah. just I, I don't know this yeah. whole misandrian mis- publishing. Are Are you kidding me? Okay, name. I, I can't even. Oh no, I can what think is, of several what, female authors. Uh, just because I must, I must not be literate. What is misandrian? It's the opposite of misogyny. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I just. I mean, really. 
how many male authors are there that are insanely pop, insanely popular and successful? I mean, Stephen King, yeah, John Green, yep, James Patterson, John yep. Grisham, yep. I, the list just, goes on. The list goes on, and there are just as successful female authors too. Mm-hmm. But the point is, yeah, there, there's no no. Calm Stop down. it. Calm. Stop it. <laughs> you seen that uh that Michael Jordan meme, where uh, it's it's it was from some commercial about drugs or something, and he just goes, "Stop it, don't do it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just deadpan looks at the camera. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Moving other on. other interesting news. Uh, I believe you had some Lord of the Rings news for us. Which is shocking because I don't care for Lord of the Rings. Um, now, I did find uh, an interesting article on The Hollywood Reporter uh, reporting that a while back we talked about how Netflix and Amazon were fighting to get the Lord of the Rings TV show the rights to it. Oh, no, Amazon had it, didn't they? They were bidding for it and Amazon won. Uh, so reportedly through the Hollywood Reporter and thinking about it, I wonder if this is again, some kind of PR to pump things up to make it look, look what we're doing. Um, but it's reportedly that the show is going to have a budget of $1 billion, which is the highest, at least I I believe streaming wise. I don't know about real TV show, like real actual uh, cable TV shows. Um, but at least streaming wise, that's the highest any show's budget has ever been. The closest, the last one that was the reigning champ, you could say, uh, was a show called The Crown on Netflix, which oh, was okay. 100 million pounds. Okay. It was, a, I believe, a British one then. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, a reportedly $1 billion budget for Lord of the Rings Amazon show. That, Good grief. I wonder it, how many seasons they're planning, if that's yeah. for multiple seasons. Yeah, that's that's probably multiple seasons. That's that's probably for some good special effects with the, the Uruks, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah, just to compare, I'm looking at the Game of Thrones budget. Yeah. It's... That's crazy. That's a lot of money to put on a TV show. That's... That is a ton. But again, yeah, I wonder if that's... Because the article didn't say anything if that was per season or if that was the total budget of uh, all seasons. Okay, so Game of Thrones, the final, oh, this is on Vanity Fair, the final six episodes for this last season we're going to get like next year, Yeah, is going to cost $15 million a piece. Wow. So for six episodes, that's a little over 100 I know I'm, yeah. So I, got, I gotta imagine. It's like imagine $105 million the, for the, the last six episodes. That billion's and that, gotta that be. And that says that that's a staggering $15 million a piece. Um, in recent years, the standard for oh my god, that's expensive TV has been around ten million per episode. That's got it. Okay, then the the one billion has to be multiple seasons. It has to be right. Yeah, that there's for, no for way. a Game of Thrones budget. Game of Thrones has yeah. a pretty big budget. Oh yeah, great special effects, some popular so actors. So that's got to be God at least five seasons at least. I mean, that's yeah. two hundred million. Yeah, a season, Maybe. and that's, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of seasons to plan ahead. And maybe that's the rights. Maybe the rights they signed off, the deal said five seasons or something. Maybe. I mean, I it, if it tanks, what, Amazon could always drop it. But damn, it's a lot of money getting dropped. Yeah. <laughs> they are really banking on that. Again, I, again, I wonder if it's a PR thing. If it's well, a, I mean, it might be. That might be why they're announcing it. But yeah. I doubt that they're lying about it. No. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of money going into it because I mean, Amazon wants this to be successful. Right. So. Yeah, but I'm sure they're announcing it going, look, a billion dollars, you know, is being spent on this. A billion. (laughs) That's all I could hear when we say a billion dollars. (laughs) I I really wish this was a a video podcast because you just did the Dr. Evil. Yes. I mean, can you do anything else when you say a billion dollars? A billion dollars. I mean, it's just sort of a reflex. It is. I don't even like Austin Powers that much. I love Austin Powers. (laughs) I I can take it in small doses. Small doses. (laughs) 
uh, so yeah, that was that was on that one. The other cool, interesting uh, thing I did this last week, which prevented me from reading, was the second season of Series of Unfortunate Events came out on Netflix. That is out. I have not watched any of it yet. Yes, you need to. I know you and you and your husband are wanting to watch it together. So my daughter got excited when you said Series of Unfortunate yeah, Events earlier. Yeah, it's it's such a good show. They they have chap they have captured the charm of what the books were. Um, if you don't know what Series of Unfortunate Events is, uh, it's a TV series that is adapted from a book series called The Series of Unfortunate Events. Um, the story basically follows the Baudelaire orphans, uh, the three orphans. Uh, their parents died in a fire, left them a huge fortune, and now there's a big bad guy named Count Olaf. Neil Patrick Harris. Played by the amazing Neil Patrick Harris, um, who is chasing after them, uh, trying to find different schemes and way, ways to catch them and do whatever he can to uh, get their fortune because he's a starving, terrible actor. Uh, but all the adults in this series are idiots and can never tell that the kids are like, that's totally count all off in disguise. They're like, no, it isn't. Dude, <laughs> Just, the casting no of Neil Patrick Harris in yes. that part is one of the best casting decisions he's, I think I've ever seen. He's amazing because he's not a bad actor. He's a great actor, but he does really good at playing a bad actor. Yeah. Because every time it's on screen, it's, it's obvious. It's yeah. like, it doesn't matter what you put on your face. Like there's, I think the first episode, he, he becomes a gym teacher at the school they're at. Yeah. And he's got like a tan, he's got his eyebrows covered by a turban. And he's wearing like a tracksuit, And it's just like, Oh, Neil. <laughs> and he, um, and he does a lot of ridiculous things. It's, it's a very dark comedy. Yeah. It's it's got a dark humor to it. People do die. It's all about the kids trying to figure out what their parents were involved in. Right. And what Count Olaf is a part of. And he, uh, it, it, it is a very dark series, but it's hilarious. Not to mention Patrick Warburton is the narrator. Again. Lemony Snicket. Again, I could not think of a better choice for a narrator. Jude Law was. In, was he? In the movie that was. Oh, The movie right. that came out. The okay movie. Um, it wasn't nearly as good. Jim Carrey was just a little too funny as yeah. Count Olaf. Neil Patrick Harris is hilarious, but he's dark too. Yeah. And he does really good at playing the dark side of Olaf. Oh, Patrick Warburton, though. Oh, I, he's perfect as Lemony Snicket because such such a good voice. Yeah, because I le- just it, it fit Lemony Snicket so well. Um, it's so deadpan. Yeah, it's amazing. And one one thing I love about the books, and they do this in the show. They didn't do it so much in the movie, but they do it in the show is when some weird or long word comes up. Uh, when the parents uh, and any kind of adult says it around the kids, the adults will always go, well, kids, I'll let you know. The word actually means this. And the kids always go, yeah, we know what that means. Yeah. Or, you know, Patrick Warburton's character, Lemony Snicket, will say, in this instance, the word usually means. And he'll yeah. <laughs> say this, but it actually means this. It's so good. Yeah. Um, well, another cool thing is we get two more episodes than last season. There's 10 episodes this time. It covers five of the books, um, which where they're at by the end of this one, I'm pretty sure, uh, that it'll only be three seasons. Yeah. Um, cause they'll come sense. up, they'll come up to the final book and the finishing of the series. Um, by that time I am, I have been loving it so much. It's dark. It's creepy at times. Uh, the kids are funny. There's some truly creepy things that happen. Uh, you get more interesting, cool characters, and Nathan Fillion's a character in it. I mean, what else do you need? He's in it, f- not the whole season, but he is in for a good few episodes. He's a he's a minor character, but he's amazing. He's I I don't want to say anything to spoil his character, but he's he's just amazing. I saw him and I went, yes, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> 
All right. Well, what do you say we move on to our main review? <sighs> All right. All right. Time to talk about Grey Sister by Mark Lawrence. Woo-hoo. And again, although this is a second book in a series, we are going to be maintaining spoiler free. As much as possible. Uh, our previous uh, review for Red Sister was spoilery, so we're going to yeah. be kind of hitting a couple of uh, yeah. points for Red Sister, just right. a little mini review for it before we move on into Grey Sister. So, to read the synopsis for Grey Sister. Mm. Let's do this. All right. Behind its walls, the convent of Sweet Mercy has trained young girls to hone their skills for centuries. In mystic class, novice Nona Gray has begun to learn the secrets of the universe. But so often, even the deepest truths just make our choices harder. Before she leaves the convent, Nona must choose which order to dedicate herself to, and whether her path will lead to a life of prayer and service or one of the blade and the fist. All that stands between her and these choices are the pride of a thwarted assassin, the designs of a would-be empress wielding the Inquisition like a knife, and the vengeance of the Empire's richest lord. As the world narrows around her and her enemies attack her through the system she is sworn to, Nona must find her own path despite the competing pulls of friendship, revenge, ambition, and loyalty. And in all this, only one thing is certain. There will be blood. Basically, badass nuns are badass. Yeah, assassiny nuns are badass. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the gist of it. Yep. That's the main selling point. Yep. Go read it. That's the end of the show. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, Grace Sister uh, leading off the success of uh, the Red. Red Sister. The Red Sister. Red yep. Sister. I, I knew it was Red, and I was trying to remember if it was Sister or not. But, yeah, but coming off of the, uh, the very fun book that was Red Sister, um, how do you think the world holds up? Because, you know, it's a second book. There's really no world building need to be done. No, there was, though. Right. There was a significant amount of world building done. So just to kind of set up what the world is, um, you've got a planet. And I don't yeah, I kind of want to get into this a little bit. You've got this planet yeah. that there were previously some kind of people on it, but they've disappeared. We have no idea what happened to them. Yeah. The humans that are on it now came to the planet on four arc ships. Mm-hmm. Or arcs, arcs. Right. They came to it. They've settled it. They're living on it. The, the, the previous people, they call them the missing. There's evidence that they existed. Right. But we know nothing about them. So they've been living on here for, I'm, I'm not sure how long, but now the, st- the sun, the star they're revolving around, is dying. Mm-hmm. So their planet is growing colder and colder. So there's ice kind of starting to, or not starting to, but almost encrusting the entire planet. And the only thing that's combating this is their moon, which is an artificial moon that's basically a mirror that reflects some of the light from this dying sun mm-hmm. onto the earth. And it creates a strip of around the world mm-hmm. about, I don't even remember how how wide it said it's it was. It's not wide at it's all. It's not very wide. Yeah. Um, I think at one point in Grey Sister, one of the characters remarks, oh, this thing that I'm reading about back then, the... South, the south to north part of the corridor was 200 miles long. Wow, that's so big. Wow. So we know it, that it's it's even yeah. smaller than that. It's much smaller. Really small. And that's, you know, life lives within just that corridor. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's this, I guess well, I was going to get into that with Grey Sister, but there is some more about the missing. Because don't, we don't know anything about them in the first book. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Obviously, there's not much we can say without spoiling anything. Right. Um, one of the highlights of this series in general, we've already mentioned, most of the cast is female. Right. And I don't know. It's just, it's so refreshing to have an entire cast <laughs> of badass female characters, whether you like them or not, because some of them are total bitches. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jolie, I'm looking at you. 
have a couple of choice words about you. And I also like that Nona Gray or yeah, Nona Gray. Mm-hmm. She's not a chosen one. No, she's she's not. She's the main character of the series, right. but she's not the prophesized one. She's yeah. sort of the prophesized one's sidekick. Bodyguard, she's the yeah. shield. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the setup. Nona Gray lived in this small little village. Um, I should have reread Red Sister before I read Grey <laughs> Sister, but I foolishly did not. Um, but basically, she gets sold into the service of. Uh, long story short, she yeah. gets sold into the service of the Convent at Sweet Mercy. Yeah, and. They so she, her. yeah, they're training her. That's how she's making her life. Right, right, right. No, it's definitely. I love, I love that idea, and I remember that from Red Sister. I love the idea that the world these characters are on is dying. Mm-hmm. Most most fantasy stories, you don't have that. Most fantasy mm-hmm. stories, it's uh, it's plenty and bountiful and big and huge yeah. and epic. Um, and it's this, dying because the evil overlord is taking over or something. Right, right. This is literally. <laughs> Nobody, well, as, as far as we know, nobody did anything wrong. It's just nature. Mm-hmm. Nature is shutting everything down as far as anyone knows. Well, and I like, they came in these arc ships, but there were there were four tribes mm-hmm. that initially came. There was right. the Garant. I'm, I'm probably butchering the name of that because yeah. I didn't listen to the audiobook. <laughs> um, but they are known for uh, their size. They're exceptionally large. Big. There's the Hunska, mm-hmm. which are very fast. And the Margil, which can do kind of minor magic. And then the the Marjol, what was the other one? I wrote it down. Where did uh, it go? You're asking me a names question. It's yeah. not oh, good. Quantals. Quantals. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the Quantals, which can do uh, more powerful magic, and they can walk what's known as the path. Right. So, uh, and they came on each of their own arcs onto the planet. So, one, they're magic-based, mm-hmm. but they had some sort of space-faring vessel space exploring vessel yeah so that alone is is really intriguing to me and that i don't i don't know that that's really intriguing and now that they're on this planet which i don't think is ever named but Mm -hmm. they've kind of mixed they're all one population now so every now and then you know somebody will pop up with one trait of of one of those tribes yeah Uh, but then you know some will have two Uh, nona's really rare because she has three yeah and then the the chosen one in the series she has all four the avatar yeah exactly exactly (laughs) right so So, yeah yeah. just just the setup and the world building alone i mean that that almost sounds like uh with each of the different races it almost sounds like the start of a video game picking out your character will be the strong one be the fast one be the you know such and such um and then there's nona she's like i want all but this one (laughs) <laughs> Which one was it again? She's not. Um, she's not the Garant. She doesn't have Garant. the the large size. Large size. Otherwise, she's just awesome. Yeah, she's got all of the good ones. She got all the good <laughs> ones. <laughs> you're not slow and encumbersome. You're you're fast. You're, you're small. fast. You know, minor magic and major magic, right. or have the capability of working. Capability, them, of whether it, you have yeah. the knowledge of it or not. Right. Another question. <laughs> any any more thoughts on Red Sister? Because Red Sister just kind of explored the world as it was. Yeah. As it is in the now, I suppose, quote unquote, now. Mm-hmm. And a major theme throughout the series has been a lot of, you know, relationships, uh, friendships, I guess, not relationships, but just friendships for sure. Uh, There's been, in the second book, there's been vengeance. Yeah. But no, I feel like, I feel like friendship, especially female friendship Mm -hmm. is absolutely one of the biggest themes in the series. Yet another thing you don't see in a lot of... uh, I think you do. Yeah, you do every once in a while, but it's not a main... It's more overshadowed by the vengeance theme usually. Exactly. (laughs) Lots of vengeance in fantasy. Um, No, it, it, 
the friendship, the female friendship aspect is in other fantasy novels, but I don't think it's ever a main focus. Or just like, friendships in general, whether, I guess, yeah. I guess especially female friendship yeah. is not really female explored Female friendship really is explored well. Because I know, I remember Red Sister having to do a lot with mm-hmm. uh, Nona having to work with the Chosen One, you know, having to be her bodyguard, be her shield. Right. and Because uh, she was, if I remember correctly, she was by herself, like she was very much a loner before mm-hmm. then, right? You know, she was sold sold around um yeah that's i mean that's definitely got the vibe i wish i'd gotten more into gray sister because i did enjoy red sister mm-hmm. i didn't get as far as i wanted to but so that's why i'm again with the video games distracting uh, uh, hey you. hey yeah neil patrick harris is just amazing. i i, I i'm right. not disagreeing <laughs> okay so what else i guess i wanted to talk about the path i guess more specifically i guess i wish i understood it a little bit more so mm-hmm. it seems like the path is sort of you go into this trance and you see different ways that things could go and you can manipulate things to go differently. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that. I don't know. It's, it's really so it's cool. Like, it's it's like really a, open-ended. It's a, a, like a psychic way of like kind of telling the future. Is that kind of what it is? Both kind of. Yeah. You can see the possibilities. Yeah. You can see the possibilities, but you can also like manipulate it. So I guess, hmm. cause like in Grace sister, one of the, the teachers, that teaches the path. Mm-hmm. I think Mistress Path. I don't remember. <laughs> um, she can like she like made Nona hungry just standing there. Oh, like by manipulating her path, that or by manipulating sounds, the threads. That sounds overpowered as hell. It doesn't have a whole lot of limitations. It seems other yeah. than every time you pull one thing, it affects other things. So you have to be careful of the consequences and what pulling that thread tugs on. So it is kind of limited in that way. Like, you have to watch out for the consequences. I mean, if I was in a battle with somebody, I would access the path and then make them crap themselves. <laughs> and they would just go, oh, oh, God, I'm so, uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, it, I don't it, it is very open-ended. So. I think it is maybe a little bit um, is it vulnerable to some, <laughs> what's the word? Loopholes? Loopholes of a deuce ex machina. Yeah, a deus ex machina, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've only ever read it. Nobody ever says it, so I don't. I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, only reason I know that is from way too many YouTube videos. <laughs> that sounds like you. Oh yeah, that is. Um, so does this one? Because like I said, I haven't gotten. I haven't gotten as far as I wanted to. Um, is this one all still at the? I can't imagine it's only at the um, the the school, the, the academy, convent. the convent. The convent is, of Sweet Mercy. It's. Uh, about halfway through, it kind of verges off from it. Okay. I, I won't say how or why, right. but the difference is with this book where the first one, it was all from Nona's third person perspective, except for, I think some flashbacks went into first person, mm-hmm. but, um, where it was just her, this book has both her and Abbess glass, mm-hmm. the Abbess at the sweet mercy convent. Right. So even though Nona goes outside of the convent for part of the book, um, you still have the abbess there that's kind of... Still at the st- She's still at the school, so you still see things that are happening there. Um, there's a lot of politics and stuff that go on with her side. And I I just like her character so much more in this book. Like, I liked her in the first one, mm-hmm. but it just kind of goes into her backstory you and how she came to be there. Yeah. I really like her. Speaking of... I mean, of, I, like I said, I liked her in the first one, but I just like her even more now. Speaking of the name of the convent, that sounds like something some southern... Some southern person wanted it. Sweet it mercy, come! <laughs> it was. It totally was. 
so that's cool. You get to dive into more of, of Glass's character. Uh, going going back to the teacher, you said the Mrs. Path. Yeah. That's like having a teacher called Mr. Math. <laughs> or, hey, Miss History, exactly. how you doing? Well, because the <laughs> teachers all have their names. I want to say it was Sister Pan. Okay. Was the was her actually name? But like all of them have like they're they're actually named after their instruction. So it's Mistress okay. something I think, or something related to Mistress their of subject. The path. But I this is where I'm failing on names. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you would know. I do. I you feel. Would know. I What's the main character's name? Uh, her name is Nona. Very good. Oh my God! That's you all get a gold sticker. That's all I know. You get a gold sticker. <laughs> what is the chosen one's name? Chosen one. <laughs> Close. Close. <laughs> is it really? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, no. As far as the point of view characters that goes. Yeah, how do you like that? Getting it. It's not just Nona's. No, point. no. You... I definitely like that. I felt like go switching to Abbas Glass, who she like I said she shows more of a political side of things she's not you know stabby she stabby is a, she is a kick-ass number yeah she's not so much in the stabby stabby side of things um it, it added something to the book i think it made it feel a little bit gave it a little variety mm-hmm, right. than just known as vengeance seeking <laughs> i want to well she doesn't want to kill everything but, but most uh, everything well yeah <laughs> so it, it added some variety there but I can't go into I can't go into it too much because again spoilers. But right. Nona does kind of bind herself with one of the sisters, so that as she, I don't know, it it kind of adds another POV, but in a way that's almost <laughs> cheating. I felt like it's like it took me a minute. But it was it was that several scenes in that it you know came into the story that I was like. I see what you did there, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> you don't want to add too many POV characters, but you did. <laughs> so you, you cut- did add an extra one there. I saw that. <laughs> I see what you did. Note. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know one big thing for me with a lot of fantasy books is character development. Does Does Nona have any development? Does she have any like anything she's growing in the series? She does. Um, I mean, she's... At the beginning of this book... We're shown that she has kind of something attached to her now. We're not sure exactly what it is, but it's called Zeote, I think, or Kyote. I think it's Kyote. It's a symbiote. Yeah. It's, it's Spider-Man. I wrote his name down. Where did I write it? <laughs> uh, Consulting the notes. Can't find it. Yep. Okay. Kyote. It's not Zeote. It's Kyote. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. Which, basically, if you want to know what Kyote is, just get a general idea of it. If you've read Nevernight, He's basically Mr. Kindly, <laughs> yeah. only he really, really wants Nona to kill people, hmm. and he's physically attached to her body. Sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, he's yeah. super sweet. <laughs> he's super sweet. Murder, murder, death. <laughs> you just basically Bitsma. quoted all of his lines. <laughs> no, um, so she has him, and he's kind of influencing her, because we see in like, the first chapter that if she lets her guard down, he can kind of take control of her briefly. Ooh. So... She has that, but he's also constantly saying, oh, you should just kill them. Oh, they're inconveniencing. You should just kill them. <laughs> oh, I told you we should have killed her. She's kind of a problem. <laughs> so she's kind of dealing with that along with, with stuff that happens at the end of Red Sister. She's looking for that vengeance. Right. So, and then she goes outside of the convent for a little while. So, yeah, I would definitely say there's some character growth, but... I think she definitely still has some room for the final book. Oh, yeah, which is what it's building up to, it yeah, sounds exactly. like. Yeah, exactly. No, so talking about Mr. Kindly and Kyote, once I thought about that, because I kept thinking, oh, he reminds me of Mr. Kindly. Why is he reminding me of Mr. Kindly so much? <laughs> 
I think there's kind of a little bit of a never night vibe. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's a whole school that's dedicated to learning to kill people <laughs> or learning to fight, learning to poison. <laughs> there's, you know, the, the female, the female cast. And, uh, I actually thought about it a little bit more just cause one of the reviewers that I follow, uh, Melanie, mm-hmm. she, she commented on it as well. That it was <laughs> kind of like never night only a little bit better. <laughs> And millennia. Yeah, and I, and I thought about that. I was like, okay, well, I like Nevernight. I like Nevernight, and I like God's Grave a lot. Yeah. So why is this better yeah. than those books? And I think it comes down to Mark Lawrence is much more willing than Jay Kristoff to kill characters. I can see that. And I think we talked about it a little bit earlier in the book, not just related to this series, but just kind of in general. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I, okay, I like it when authors are willing to kill their oh, characters. 100%. That's, I, I like it. Is, yeah. Don't don't just threaten it to, to pull on my heartstrings. Do it. That's, I mean, that's one of the reasons Game of Thrones is so popular is yeah. because from the get-go, from season one, a character you thought was a main character is gone. Yeah. And it's, it's, nobody it's, being safe is I, the best. I remember watching that show and enjoying it. thinking, this is cool. This is cool. When it got to that point where that character died, I was there going, all right, how are they going to save him? And then it was, and I was like, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. What? You yeah, because you're so used thing. to the main character, perceived main character being saved. Exactly. So now in this, because Nona is still kind of the only POV character we have at this class, we so it's up in question a little yeah. bit. We know she's probably going to be saved. Yeah, at least at least till the end of whatever the final book is. Yeah. Um. But it, having that that fear of a character can die adds uh, weight to it. Adds, exactly. Adds weight to what's going on because the character gets in a situation you're like, he had no problem killing off a character before. Who knows what's going to happen here? Exactly. Like they may get out, they may not. You may lose somebody, and mm-hmm. that that adds so much more tension. As long as it's not overdone, as long as it's not, yep, they die, they die, they die, they die. Yeah, you got to do important characters at important moments. Um, and oh. that that makes it yeah better. Something that I almost forgot. So Gray Sister being the second book. I appreciated this so much. Mm. Mark Lawrence did include a story so far chapter oh, at the very beginning. Nice. That made me so happy. <laughs> made me so happy. I still wish that I had reread Grey Sister. Yeah. Because um, it's been a year because I read it about the time that it came out last yeah. year. I, I wish that I had reread it because I feel like I had forgotten a lot of the relationships mm. and why I liked certain relationships and friendships. Right. So I still wish I had read it, but I really appreciated the refresher at the beginning of the book. And I wish more books series authors yeah. did this it, it just i appreciated it a lot as a reader yeah i could say actually with the D show critical role i watched they've been doing that recently yeah right before every new live show they have a little five minute video of this one person going through what happened last episode mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a quick update it's like hey if you didn't get a chance to watch it or you, just, you, you don't have the time to watch it here's a quick refresher this is what happened this is where they are here you go yeah. you know that kind of thing so it's that is pretty cool i don't think i've seen any any series do that mm-hmm. i don't i can't remember one off the top of my head at least that has the only negative i think that i have for the book too much is, blood no no give me more <laughs> give me more got uh, it was I felt like the pacing kind of hit a weird spot about about the time that Nona leaves the convent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I really liked her in that setting and and went, with, the, with those conflicts. Yeah, and then it just totally did a 180 just really fast. It just hit a point where it kind of slowed down a little bit or just it really kind of shifted things so much that I had a little bit of trouble staying into it. Yeah. 
Um, but it, I guess eventually it evened out, and I, I was able to really get back into it. That's cool. Yeah, um, I didn't get far enough to get to that point to know. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> I, and it's in. I'll make time for you to finish it because you need to finish this book. Yeah, I definitely want to. At no point was it a I wasn't into this book. It's just I'm back down to one job, and yeah. I had days off, and I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I was I was I was Will Ferrell from Talladega Nights. I just don't know what to do with my hands because yeah. uh, it was just I had free time. But I I do thoroughly enjoy the series. I do enjoy the style. I my favorite thing is the setting of the world. I love the idea of this collapsing, dying yeah. world. And that was one thing that was probably one of my favorite things about this book was I love Nona. Yeah. I love Era. Yeah, the I setting, love Zol, the story. I love Darla. I, I love all of the characters. I love Abbas Glass. Yeah. I love Kettle. I love Apple. I love all of the characters so much <laughs> except Jolie. <laughs> except that bitch. Looking at you. <laughs> so, Stay in the court. Yeah, I know. I love them, but I liked how Grey Sister expanded more on a little bit of the missing and what they left behind. Ooh, okay. And I just, I want to know. And how they'll more. save the world. Yeah, probably not. Probably not, no. Probably not. They're dead. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> They're dead. Uh, so that was it. Um, right. I'm going to go with probably a 9 out of 10 okay. for it. It That's was awesome. an excellent sequel to Red Sister. Um, I need the last one, which I don't think the title's been announced, but going by the... Uh, the list i'm kind of gonna i think it's gonna be holy sister that makes sense red then gray and then she's gonna be moving up in the covenant so well she's already a mystic right mystic novice or whatever she's yeah because yeah, that a makes red sense novice holy or sister. red and then and then gray and then mystics and then holy you heard it here first holy sister is going to be the name of the book and if we're right mark lawrence has to come on her show that's it. That's it. That's it. He agreed to it. He did. Pinky swore. <laughs> Pinky swore. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give it a rating as yet just because I haven't gotten as right, far into it. That's the first thing we're going to do next week is you <laughs> rate this book. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the first thing. Starting off, we will enter the show with, welcome to Book Geeks and Welcome Eyes. Uh, Gray Sister was a 9 out of 10. That's literally how we're going to start it <laughs> next week. So... Um, you could do it for our audible recommendation. There you, you can go. go back and recommend. <laughs> I audible. recommend. I finally finished it. It's a nine out of ten, or whatever. You it's a nine out of ten. You should listen to it on Audible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So sweet. Yeah. If you were a fan of the Red Sister, for sure, go go check out the Gray Sister. Um, you'll love it just the same. Um, and if you if you haven't read Red Sister, what are you doing? Go check yeah. it out. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a great fantasy novel. All right, and uh, I guess we'll wrap that up. The last thing I'll mention is I just want to say a thank you to the publisher, Ace, if you if you happen to be listening. Yeah. They did send us a copy of the book for review, so yeah, a big thank you pretty. to them for that. I love the cover. Oh, dude, I, like, squeed a little bit. I fangirled <laughs> a little bit when I opened the mail and saw it. I know. I, was, I know you post pictures all the time on our Twitter about it, which is... Book Geeks at UNC. You can check out there uh, anytime we post anything cool, especially cool early copies we get. I've been trying to keep up with our Instagram too. That's at yeah. Book Geeks Uncompromised. I'm well. a little bit more behind <laughs> on that, but I'm trying. I, yeah, I got to get on the Instagram too. I don't play with it as much. I'm always Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. So Speaking of Facebook, you could go to at two book geeks UNC or book geeks uncompromised group. Yeah. We love talking to people on we that group. We are very talkative people, if you couldn't tell. And uh, we love talking on the group to you guys and communicating and uh, seeing what you're reading. So yes. come tell us. Don't forget to make suggestions to things like that. Uh, we love to love to hear what you guys say. Absolutely. Don't forget also, um, we do have the sponsorship Audible. Uh, audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. You can get a 30-day free trial and one if free audiobook. Yeah, if you want to try it, Grey Sister or Red Sister Or Red way. Sister, you can do it that way. that way. 
great way to kind of step into it. And if you want to help us out, support the show a little bit, if you have not yet purchased Red or Gray Sister and you want to, I'm going to leave links for all of them in the show notes as well as in our review that we're going to put out. So if you use those links to go to Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, or Book Depository, that helps us out. It does. It's awesome. So help support the show. We love If you. it's something you're going to buy anyway. <laughs> All right. That's it. Next week, I believe we're going to be reading The Heart of Stone, Stone by Ben Galley. Mm-hmm. And we got, again, we got a copy of that from Ben Galley. He sent us one for review. Yeah. And that was because we took the Choose Your Own yep. Adventure quiz and at Sigil that. Independent. That's what Greg got. Yeah. So uh, I, I may, I'm going to leave a link for them too because I think what they're doing at Sigil Independent it's is really awesome. cool. Yeah. 100%. It's a group of self published authors so, that are thank just you. trying to support each other. Thank so, you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to them. <laughs> Uh, I guess we will see you guys next week. Woohoo!